Too many leaders lead for validation, not impact, for what they can get out of it more than what they can give to it. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm obsessed with how leaders grow and develop, and I too have insecure moments. We all do. Glad you're here with me now on the Sight Shift Podcast so you can learn how to lead for impact, not validation. All right, welcome to this new series on the podcast or YouTube, wherever you find it. Leadership is easy, except for the people. Yeah, well, that's what we feel. And we get in this war between people and vision. And hi, my name is Chris McAllister. I'm a recovering, insecure leader. Years ago, it was powerful when my friend said to me, the people are the vision, Chris. The people are the vision. And as I've grown to learn and appreciate that, I can now articulate an approach that helps you I did that in episode one, a horizon shift, a head shift, a heart shift. You don't have to listen to this whole series to get this specific idea today. They'll just enhance the journey. Today, I want to go one more time at this idea of a horizon shift. A horizon shift is when we see something beyond what is. And we talked about what that means for the individual. We talked about what that means for the places we're learning to recognize our ambition. Now, I want to look at the horizon as a commitment to something beyond where we are. Psychologically, there's a lot of ways to think about this. And there's a lot of studies out there. And there's a lot of pros and cons on things. This is just a little bit of my experience working with leaders. And this is my kind of anecdotal experience, even diving into some of the research and looking for a great way to summarize it. Psychologically, it seems like to me that what's most helpful and most activating is a three to five year horizon. Now, it doesn't mean you, that the organization is ready for that or that the team is ready for that. But what does it look like for me to have a three to five year horizon that I'm operating on? Now, I'm going to break that down, maybe because that's what the team needs into a year long approach. Maybe I'm going to break that down into a two or three year approach. Um, I know, I know five year strategic plans in a lot of ways are a waste of time and money because so much changes. But here's here's what's negatively happened about that conversation. We kind of have like these two ditches on one extreme. It's like you invest all this money in a five-year strategic plan and so much changes. We live in a volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world, as the military says. And so then we go to this other extreme and it's like, well, we don't need to have a plan. We just need to have this general notion. And, and organizations are at both extremes of this dysfunction, right? We tend to see older, more mature organizations strategic planning the innovation out of their company. And there's no ways that they're actually appropriately risking and building a future. They are dying a slow death and they don't know it. On the other hand, we see organizations jerked around a lot because they are afraid to really lock in and commit. Uh, the CEO, founder, or owner wants to stay in a place that whatever the next whim or inspiration that they have, talking to a buddy, going to a conference, on a plane, reading a book, that they can come in and you know jerk the organization into this direction. And because they're not doing their own deep wrestling with some of the previous episodes we talked about, they can't settle in and commit. This episode is a lot more on this other extreme where um, they're trying to strategically plan everything that you really can't control versus having an, a horizon, a horizon. Now, I love ancient wisdom traditions and, and I love studying them and how, how people went through shifts of identity through thousands of years of societies on this planet and how we skip over that now. Um, and I draw from different places of inspiration. And, and, and there's one that's actually a, a letter written to an early community. And some of you are going to recognize this. It's, it's from a letter called James where it says, 
you boast about you're going to go to this city and do business this year and go to this city and do business next year. You don't know that that's going to happen. There's a lot you don't control. And so how do we thread the needle on this to be the kind of leaders who have a true horizon shift? We can lock in and commit to a three, three to five year goal. We don't strategically plan it to death and we don't stay so loose with it that we're making too many changes before we can execute and operationalize in an effective way. We are willing to make a commitment that is uncertain. That's why we ended the last episode with doubts. We are willing to make a commitment that is uncertain, that is based on our best understanding of the situation while aware of our insecurities. So some of you have, as leaders are wired up to kill the idea to death with data. And we need data. We build teams with data. You got to have data. Some of you are wired up to rush into the idea to chase the glory of the achievement and the glory of the idea and not adequately spend time looking at the concerns. You're the foolish person. You rush in and get your head knocked off. But you can also have paralysis of analysis and miss the opportunities. How do we thread the needle? Here's the best way I found it. I'm looking for a three to five year horizon that I'm willing to commit to, that I want to get this organization to and this team to. I want to see this happen in the next three to five years. And the way that I think about that is it's built on who we can become as people, and it's built on an ambition that we have, a big problem that we want to solve and change in the world. That's the last two episodes. And I'm putting that into a time-bound frame of commitment. Now, in my own leadership journey, what I've made a mistake on is <laughs> like a 40-year thing. Like, this is what I want to commit my life to. I can kind of be like that, you know. My wife and I were shopping for our first piece of furniture after we got married. And um, she was like, I don't know if I like this one or this one. And I was like, well, just pick the one you'll love for life. She's like, I don't even know if I'll love you for life. So I tend to be that like, let's just go and we're going to commit to it and, and make it happen. But that's not always healthy because so much changes. So right now for yourself, as honest as you can, as honest as you can, play out the scenarios. You can't commit to all the directions you're inspired to go with right now. That's just impossible. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to build? What are you trying to make happen? I'm going to give you an example from my world on this. I think it'll be somewhat relatable, but I'm going to tie it back to you in a sec. So for me, as a, as a leadership coach, I know how to show up to a chat and change lives. I'm not really doing the life change. I'm positioning them for their life to change. That's not arrogant. That's just real. That's what we do. I know how to do it. There's a lot of ways I could go just focus on teaching other coaches how to coach. Now we have an element of that, but that's not the main thing. Here's the way I think about it. What if Walt Disney came out years ago and said, hey, guess what, everybody? I know how to build a great theme park. If you want to know how to build a great theme park, I'm going to teach you how to build a great theme park. And he made the focus of his business teaching others how to build a great theme park or a great entertainment um, impact. And, and you can stop the arguments on a great theme park. I get it. I've heard the Jim Gaffigan bit about how exhausting Disney is. Been there with my kids when they were little. And uh, frankly, I agree with him. But let's just suspend judgment for a minute and understand the idea that Disney clearly captured the imagination of many people from entertainment to theme parks. But what if Disney would have said that, right? And, and Disney is selling his courses on how to build a great theme park. 
And Disney is selling his courses on how to build an entertainment uh, impact in the industry. But instead, he just went and did it. He aligned all his vision, all his inspiration along doing it. He did not look for the shortcut. He did not look for the easy path. He looked for the thing that he wanted to do, the thing that captivated him. How does that play out in my world? I could focus my life and business on, this is how you change lives as a coach. That's what I could focus on. This is how you build a great theme park. Instead, I want to build a great theme park. I am actively building an organization with a wonderful team that no hype, smarter than me in all their domains of expertise, build a world-class organization, a world-class team with a system that companies can use to develop leaders who develop leaders, right? We're building our own Disney world. We're building our own impact in the entertainment industry. We're not just trying to sell to coaches how to do it. The distraction that I see so many have happen for them in the business world, after they figured out why they're doing what they're doing, go back to the other two Horizon episodes. Some of you are doing what you're doing so you can be close to your dad. Some of you are doing what you're doing so your mom will finally be happy with you. After you get past that, and after you get past any silliness of like, I got to show them who I'm not, and you really lock in on what you want, the distraction that I see a lot of people take is they think that there's some kind of shortcut that's going to get them where they want to go. And of the three great temptations, I'm not hitting the other two right now, one of them, as it relates to Horizon, is that you will find a way to jump into that future that you want right now. And it doesn't happen. Now, yeah, there are ways you can get there faster. And nothing will get you there faster like being a person who has a process to build leaders of leaders. Because when you have leaders at the ready, Let's rock and roll. But that shortcut that you're looking for, if that shortcut that you're looking for is keeping you distracted from getting in there and paying the price and doing the work, it is your enemy. It will sabotage you. So if there are no shortcuts available, where do I want to be in the next three to five years? Like Jim Collins talks about the 20-mile march, march there every day. Where are you happy to march every day, elevating the standard? because you're making this great journey. Look for that. More at SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode. There's always more for you at SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com to be the leader you were meant to be.